If you came to church this morning looking to hear, looking to see Brother Ronald, you're going to be disappointed. If you uh, came to church this morning looking to see Brother Tim or hear Brother um, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed. I, hopefully we came here this morning to look and see Jesus. I want us to have a different look at Jesus this morning. I want us to be able to look to him for all of our many blessings. I want us to come to church looking for that blessed hope who is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul says in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 2, he says, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. I go around and uh, preach at other churches and I have sometimes they, they say, Brother Tim, I'm they start apologizing beforehand that there's not that many people in attendance. I said, well, I'm looking for Jesus to be there. <laughs> I don't care who's there. I'm looking for Jesus because if he ain't there, I don't want to be there. Okay? And that needs to be our outlook. We need to have a good uplook at Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, he not only is the creator of our faith, when he puts into you the, his spirit, he creates that faith. You're not going to have faith without the spirit. Jesus is the author of that faith. It's a God-given faith that is given to you. He's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He goes up there in verse 1, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. There was a great cloud of witnesses there in Hebrews chapter 11 about the great faith that the old saints had throughout the generations. And he's going to reference back to that. He says, wherefore, that's leading you back to uh, chapter 11. He says, they're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You can look around here this morning and there's a great cloud of witnesses all around us this morning. You can look at these people who have stood the test of time and who've been here at Bethel and many other places, and there should be a great cloud of witnesses to us and the life that they've lived and the journey that they have journeyed. But here he's talking about all those mentioned in chapter 11. He said, a great cloud of witnesses. He says, let us lay aside every weight. I think everybody here, the walks of planet Earth, has got some kind of weight that holds them down. It takes their eyes off Jesus. And he said, there's a great cloud. Let's lay aside every weight. Not some weight, but every weight. And that takes some diligence. That takes some hard work. But he, he's encouraging us with this great cloud of witnesses. There's something we can do. Let's look to Jesus. Let's lay aside every weight that uh, easily besets us and the sin which so easily besets us. And let us run. The Christian has a race to run. I don't care if you think you're on that race. You're on a race. And we're to lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets us. It easily besets us. It's not something that is difficult. There's a lot of things we're going to encounter. But we, we have a great promise. we got a great hope. We're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. He's just given to us in chapter 11. Let's run the race with patience. The race that is set before us. And that's what I was getting to down in verse uh, 2. He endured the cross, despising the shame... And is set down on the right hand of the throne of God, looking unto Jesus, 
there was, it says, the author and finisher of our faith for the joy. There was joy on going to the cross. It was set before him. We have a race that's set before us. And it should be encouraging because it was for the joy that was set before him. A race is set before you and the cross was set before the, Jesus. It was with joy he went to the cross. He set his face like a flint. He didn't hesitate. He went to the cross. He endured the cross and despised the shame. He despised what they were doing to the, our Lord and Savior. They, he despised that. The cruel mockings, the buffeting, putting the crown of thorns on it. He did all that for the joy. He, you're the joy of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that this morning. That's who we're to look to. He's telling you here, look unto Jesus come to church on Sundays, we need to look to Jesus. We need to wake up in the morning, our prayer verse, and go out to a place and look to Jesus because he's the author and finisher of our faith. It's not something you can muster up. It's not something I can teach you to have. I can't teach you to be a child of God. <laughs> faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Listen, what he, you know, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. He goes up in verse 16, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How are we supposed to walk? We're supposed to walk in the Spirit. Well, you're not going to be able to walk in the Spirit if you ain't got the Spirit. <laughs> okay, if you got the Spirit, then you got this faith. Which Jesus is, what? The author and the finisher of. We have great confidence. He says, he says the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. We know that we love him because he first loved us. You're not going to have a true love for Jesus Christ if you ain't got the Spirit. Okay? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. Jesus, others, yourself. That's what that is. Jesus first. Look unto Jesus I hope we come to look for Jesus this morning. We can see Jesus out here in nature, but we can see him in our heart because greater is he that dwelleth in us than he that's in the world. Jesus dwells in you. You've got the faith. You've got the love of Christ. You've got joy in your life. You, got, you can muster up all these because these are all fruits of the Spirit. Your faith doesn't produce the Spirit. The Spirit produces the faith. But the fruit of this is love. And it goes on down to faith. You know, if you have the love, you know, faith is a, you know, we are his workmanship. It's a work of God in the heart of his children. It says that, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. In Colossians 1.22, it says, it's the operation of God. It's the operation of God. The only God can operate in the child of God. Only he can give you God-given faith to believe in him, to trust in him, to what? To look unto him. Not with the eyes, the natural eyes, but we're to look unto him for deliverance. We're to look unto him for all that we stand in need of. We're to put all our, our interests into Jesus. Because why? Because he is the author. He is the creator. He is the one who's put it into your heart. He has created that, and he will finish it. Don't worry about him. He's never lost a battle. We sing the song, one who's never lost a battle, stand by me. That's who we have confidence in. That's who we can look to. The one who's never lost a battle. The one who's never lost anything. He's got a 100% mark. He's never failed in anything he's ever did. He's not failed in creation. He's not failed in regeneration. He's not going to fail in redemption. He didn't. He went to the cross 
the author and finisher. That's who we need to look to this morning. Wherefore, seeing we can pass about with such great a cloud of witnesses, let's look unto Jesus. You know, in Psalms 124, you know, so I want to tell you a little bit about Jesus. You know, 20 years ago, I was looking for a wife. I look back on the back road there in Atlanta, Georgia, and I saw this woman. I tell you, she was beautiful. I said, Mom, who is that? She said, that's Brother Lonnie's daughter. She said, but that's her boyfriend right beside her. I said, well, she said boyfriend. She did not say that's her husband. So anyways, but I was looking. I was looking to somebody. I was looking for a, a wife, a good godly wife. Who do we supposed to look to here in this life? You know, for a wife, for our blessings, for a job. We're, we're, we need to look somewhere. You know, what's the problem with man is he's looking at all the wrong places. You know, that's just, that's just man in general. We look to this for benefit. We look for this for health. We look for everywhere we're supposed to look, it says up. We need to look to him first and him last. We need to look to him in all things. We need to go to a special place. We need to go out. We need to go to a special place and go to him. Look to him. He will provide. He has provided. He will provide. There's no doubt about that. There's not a question. There's no gray areas in this matter. It's black and white when we come to Jesus. Look unto him. Don't look into the preacher. Don't look into the gospel. That's not, gonna, that's not saving grace. You know, they looked at the scriptures and, uh, for eternal life. He says, don't look in the scriptures for eternal life. <laughs> they are they which testify of me. Jesus Christ and him crucified. The, the scriptures are not going to give you eternal life. They're not going to give you the God-given faith. <laughs> they are testimony of the faith. You know, the gospel, Timothy talks about, is a manifestation of, uh, what's he say in 2 Timothy? It brings light. It manifests itself and brings light <laughs> into eternal life. Well, I'll just read it there. <laughs> It says, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's who it is. It's Jesus Christ who hath abolished death and hath brought life. He is the one who hath brought life. It's not your good works. It's not you coming down the aisle. It's not you saying the sinner's prayer. It's God who has brought immortal life. In the gospel, he has brought, uh, has brought life and immortality to light. It's something that you can see, you can look to. You need to have spiritual eyes so you can see spiritual things. You need to have a good uplook. You know, your outlook is only as good as your uplook. It's a thing that I want you to see. It's a thing too. It's a desire to be with the Lord, to seek him out and seek his righteousness, not our own righteousness. I don't want to go to the Lord to seek out my own righteousness. It's not going to be good. But I can seek our hope this morning is in the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's who I want you to look to. I want to get our eyes off the things of this world and have them looking unto Jesus. You know, we talk about looking at different things. You know, you, you talk to somebody at work or you, you, you're in a ball game and you, you say to the kid, you say, we're looking to you to carry the load. <laughs> we're looking to you to get us through this mess we're in. You know, what they're not saying they're looking at you. Obviously they're not, but they're putting their faith and trust in somebody to get the job done, to carry the load, to put it on their back. He says the government was put on his shoulder. This is what I want you to look at too. His name is called Wonderful, <laughs> the Counselor. You need some counseling, you need to look to Jesus. 
You need to look at the, he's wonderful. You know, somebody says, who are you looking for in a wife? And I got somebody down here, and I said, what do they look like? And he said, well, they're, they're pretty, you know, they got a great attitude. And you're like, okay, abort mission. <laughs> when they don't tell you <laughs> what you're really looking for, <laughs> you know, you're looking at some, for somebody who looks good, who has, all, you know, different kind of qualities in the Lord. That's what you should be looking for. But he, when you look at Jesus, you're looking at wonderful. He's wonderful. He's the mighty God. He's our counselor. He's so wonderful. The great God, the what? The prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. I said, I want you to look to for peace. The prince of peace. The God of all peace. The God of all comfort. You want comfort? Look to Jesus. He's the one that's going to comfort your soul. I can give you words of, of encouragement, but only God can comfort the soul. When our loved ones are... Uh, fixing to be buried, and they're about to go to be with Jesus forever. There's only one thing that's going to comfort your soul, and it ain't me. It's Jesus. It's Jesus, knowing he's going to be in the arms of the Savior to worship forevermore. That's the comforting one I want you to see. That's what I wanted to point you to. You know, John pointed him out. He said, look, there he is, the Lamb of God, which what? Taketh away the sin of the world. He had to point him out. He said, look. He didn't say, look. He said, behold. But that's what he's telling you. He's like, behold. Look, there he is, the one who's going to take away the sin of the world, the sin of all the God's elect, the world of God's elect. He is going, here he comes. Look, that's what I want you to do this morning. Look, don't look to yourself for righteousness. Look to his righteousness and his glory and his saving grace, his comfort. And all you stand in need of, that's the direction we should be looking. A lot of times we get off course. You know, the race that we're running, the race that, we're in in this world, and we, we get off course. Our direction and our look gets turned away. I want you to get it back. Look up. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit and talks about God being the operator, I just, I just love it because I know God is in control, and he is going to, uh, you know, We'll be his workmanship, every child of God. I don't have to worry about the gospel getting to him. I don't have to worry about just not uh, doing those things to save souls. I ain't the soul saver. Jesus is the soul saver. Jesus is one who came into the world. It's all about Jesus. Somebody told me, he said, we want to hear Jesus. Well, you're going to get a full touch of Jesus this morning. I love to preach about Jesus. I preach, uh, just love it about the just one. It's just one. You know... John 4, uh, 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. He goes on in the uh, 1 John 5 and 4. First John 4 and 4 and 1 John 5 and 5. 5 and 4. He says, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our what? Our faith. Our faith is God in us. He is the one who's overcome the world. He overcame the cross. He overcame the devil. He overcame the grave. It's Jesus who is in us. God is our faith in us. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about 
all that we just read in uh, verse 12. And it talks about the faith. The faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He goes, the elders, they all received a good report. They obtained something. He goes, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. Through faith, we understand these things. So the things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. Well, what's that telling you? That's, that's telling you that things out here did not create. It, we didn't come from evolution. We didn't come from some, some primordial slime. You know, the things that are seen weren't, weren't made, you know, not seen, or weren't made by the things that we see. God is the creator. He is the author of all things. He is the creator of all things. He is the author and finisher of your faith. The faith that Christ in you. How does Christ dwell in me? I don't understand it. But I have the faith that was given to me by Jesus. And he dwells in me. And that's the faith that overcomes the world. Christ in you. That's who we're to look to. Is it faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain? You know, Cain brought the fruit of the land. It was just something he was going through the motions. It was not something that, you know... And Abel was, it was a sacrifice, which he obtained witness that he was righteous. He obtained something. God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. You know, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him, for, but before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? He pleased God. He was translated. It was the power of Christ in, that translated him. It wasn't by his own work. He, he couldn't preach that to him. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. We know that faith is not in everybody. All men do not have faith. You know, faith is something that's the fruit of the Spirit. And if you ain't got the fruit of the Spirit, then you ain't got this faith. You ain't got Jesus. And I can't point you to Jesus. I can't tell you to look to Jesus. I can't tell you anything about Jesus because it's going on deaf ears. It's going on a stony heart. It's going to bounce right off. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. You know, Enoch pleased the Lord. He was translated. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is. You're not going to believe that he is if you ain't got the God-given faith given to you. You know, the faith that God, who is the author of. We need to understand that a little here this morning. Without it, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is. I want you to believe <laughs> that he is. If you have faith within you, if you love the brother, that's another fruit of the Spirit. If you've got love, you've got faith. <laughs> God has given that to you here this morning. If you love him and you love the brother, then you've got the faith. You've got God that dwells in you, the same Spirit, Jesus, that dwells in you, that what? Overcometh the world. There's a lot of things that overcome us, a lot of things that we need to uh, that just cover the soul. I was referring to David in Psalms 124 and verse 8, he, uh, he said, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He said, verse 1, he said, It had not been the Lord who was on our side, now made Israel say, If the Lord not been on our side when men rose up against us, then had they swallowed us up quick with their wrath was kindled against us. We're over, they're overcome with, David was, when they had swallowed us up quick, but their wrath was kindled against us. The waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. There's a lot of things that I, I, I do and a lot of things that I see. I, I want to have a good look because I know the, what's, 
where my help is. It's in the Lord. He said, the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us to a prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. We're set at liberty. Jesus set us free on the cross of Calvary. He paid the sin debt. He released us from what we owed. I said, we, we owed something we can never pay. The Lord, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Christ in us. Our soul has escaped out of the bird as it snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help, your help, my help this morning is in the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. I just love it. You go on, he says, by faith Noah being warned of God of things not yet as seen as yet, moved with fear. He moved with fear. There was a flood coming. He saved those eight people, his three, his, him and his wife, his three sons, their three wives. I'm telling you, he moved with fear. As with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, is which is by faith. I'm telling you, it was Christ in Noah that allowed him to build the ark when he never seen a drop of rain here in this life. It is Christ in you that's going to overcome the things that you stand in need of. It's the Christ that dwells in you by faith, by Christ. I just want you to see this morning, when you see by faith, I'm telling you, it's by Christ and him alone. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive for an inheritance, obeyed. What did he do? He obeyed on the race that he was running. He obeyed. There's a race that's set before him, and he obeyed. By faith, Noah, what did he do? He moved with fear. He's moving. They're doing some stuff. They're on a race that's set before him. We need to set aside every weight that so easily beset us and the sin. This, you know, the sin there is talking about unbelief. So it's a sin of unbelief that God cannot do the things that we, you know, think that he can't do here in our life. That's what troubles every saint of God. It's the sin of unbelief. We're to set aside that sin. We're to lay aside this, uh, that weight. You know, put aside that sin of unbelief. We got a great God who can do all things. He is able to do all things. He says he went out not knowing whether he went. You know, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. For he what? He looked. <laughs> he was looking for a better place, was he not? He was looking for a city. I want us to look for a city this morning. And as the days go on and the journey comes to an end, we need to be looking for a city. We need to be looking every morning for that city not made with hands, a place of endless rest. I need a place of rest on a daily basis, but I'm looking for a place of endless rest, a place with no sorrows, no troubles, no trials. We're faced with that every day, and we're to run a race, and we're going to face those trials. That's why he says lay aside this weight. It's what easily bogs you down. It troubles your soul. So that's overcome that the psalmist talked about. But our trust and our hope is in the Lord. Look to him. For they look for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, the author and finisher. He is the one that's creator. He is the maker, and he will keep it for the days ahead. Don't you worry about it this morning. It's nothing to fear. Let's lay that, uh, that sin of unbelief. It's coming. Let's look for it. It's something to be happy about. It encourages me. It gives me hope. 
today to look for something that's not made with hands. It's a place where God has went to prepare a place for us that we will be with him one day. He's going to send to us, what, the comforter while we're here. We got the blessed hope of the comforter to be with us during these times. He says, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You know, Sarah had, she went through a little trial of unbelief when she, when she started laughing. But God's more faithful than Sarah. He says, for he looked, uh, though faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. But she judged him what? Him faithful. It was a little bit too much for her. She laughed. It was, a, it was a unbelief. This is unbelievable. I would laugh at something like that too and cry like I said before. She did laugh. You know, Abraham, he laughed too to begin with. Sarah did too. This was truly unbelievable. But she judged him, who, judged him faithful who had promised. That's the faithful one word to look at this morning. Is Jesus Christ. She judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang up even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars in the sky in multitude and the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. They all died in faith not having received the promises. They didn't receive the promises. We've got, the, we, we've uh, experienced some of the promises here that they never experienced. And by faith, by Jesus Christ, they were able to do these mighty things, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded. We talked about that last time, about being persuaded. Are you persuaded here this morning? I want you to be persuaded. They were persuaded. They hadn't received the promises, but I want to be persuaded. I want to have my look unto him who's the author. He's the one who's created all things for him and by him and for him. All these wonderful uh, things in chapter 11, we'll go on a little further, but they all did these things by Christ in them, by faith, by faith. We have a great uh, multitude that we're compassed about here, and we can look to these things, but now they desire a better country. They're looking to a country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. He's not ashamed to be called your God. Why? Because he has bought you with the precious blood of his Jesus the same Jesus that dwells in you. He is not ashamed to be called your God. Why would he be ashamed of you? We shouldn't be ashamed of him. We should not be. We're to look to him and not be ashamed because he's not ashamed to be called our God for he hath prepared for them a city. It goes on 17, by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac. Isaac was the promised son, okay? It took great faith to be able to take him up there and can you see Isaac looking at him and say, where's the, you know, the, where's the offering? Where's the offering we're going to get? Where's the lamb? You know, Isaac, you are the lamb. That's why he didn't want to tell him that. He's like, he is. But he knew he was able to bring him up from the ashes. He was able to do that. Oh, it, I'm telling you, that's the greatest faith I, I can even think of. When he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Is there any two trials and things that we're going to go through any greater than that? I don't think so. We need to look to Jesus. He's the one he can get us through even that scenario. I believe it. How about you? Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, according that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. It goes on, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Joseph made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandments concerning his bones. 
Moses, and it goes on down how they, Moses forsook Egypt, not fe uh, fearing the wrath of the king. He forsook Egypt. He forsook a lot of great things. And it, sometimes it takes that in the child of God. He's got to forsake some certain things, the pleasures of sin for a season. He forsook the kingdom. He was, uh, he was great. He forsook Egypt and all the stuff that was in Egypt. Why? Because he saw that enduring the reproaches of Christ, enduring the sufferings, uh, in respect unto the recompense of the Lord. He saw the, the trials and tribulations to be with God's children greater than the treasures of Egypt. I'm telling you, that was great faith. That's a faith that we, can, we have. Why? Because God dwells in you. You can have that great faith. It takes Christ in you to overcome the world. It says, by, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down and were compassed about seven days. I mean, when God's plan is in fact, and you go to God, God and go to his plan and what he's told you to do, and you can do it by faith, I'm telling you, the walls will come down in your life. <laughs> you know, the, the fiery darts of the wicked will be quenched by the shield of faith. This faith is great. Why? Because it's God in you. It's a faith that dwells in your heart by the Spirit of God. If God has blessed you and regenerated you and you're his workmanship and it's the pure operation of God, it tells us in Colossians, I'm telling you, you can fight the fiery darts of the devil by what? The shield of faith, which is Jesus Christ and him alone. By faith... The, Harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. The sin of unbelief when she had received the spies with peace. You say that she was trying to just get out of, you know, being killed. I'm telling you, God dwelt in her heart and she received the spies with what? Peace. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, <laughs> meekness. I'm going to tell you, it's great. Faith. She had received the faith before the spies ever got there. She told them she heard about them overcoming the kings, and they were coming there. She received them with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell about Gideon and Barak. You know, Gideon, that was a wonderful story. But by faith, I mean, you start dwelling down the army to 300 people, and I'm out of there. I'm gone. It's like, I don't understand this. This makes no sense. But I'm telling you, God is wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the one who can take something, take something small and turn it into something very mighty, all for the glory of his name. It's Christ that dwelled in Gideon that had him overcome those with just 300 soldiers. Only God can do that. It's only the God that dwells in you that gives you that faith, the author and finisher of it. He's going to continue on. He's the finisher of it. I mean, when he said it is finished, he had finished all the... God had sent him to earth to do. He said, I've finished the work that thou hast given me to do. What was that? He saved and redeemed and reconciled every one of God's elect without the loss of one. Why? Because he's the finisher. He finished the work that he had to do. He said, it is finished. It is finished. All that the Father gave to the Son, he finished. That's what I want you to look to. I may not finish getting out of the stand here this morning before the Lord comes back. He will finish it one glorious and final day. He's the one that authored it, and he's the one that finished it. That gives me hope. That gives me encouragement. That helps me uh, go through the things that I see. When I look about being compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, and I read Hebrews chapter 11 called the, uh, the you know, chapter of faith, the hall of faith, 
these great things that these wonderful people did, it helps me lay aside that weight. It helps me lay aside, you know, and put down the sin of unbelief that God is greater than me. He that dwelleth in me is greater than he that's in the world. And the Christ that dwells in me has overcome the world. I can overcome the things that I stand in need of, but if I can't, I know who has, and I know who will, because he is the finisher. He is the finisher. I, we have great hope and great trust and have great faith. Why? Because Christ dwells in you, and he has overcome the world. Christ in you. That's Christ that was in them that over helped them overcome the trials that they stood in need of. It, it was Christ and Abraham that was able him to offer up Isaac. Nobody could do that on their own. You can't tell him to have enough faith to do it. It was only Christ that dwelt in him that let him do that. It was only Christ and Rahab the harlot that received the spies with peace. That was, you know, she was going to get, I mean, that's just against all odds. And there's great odds that are against you. There's great odds against God. God's children here in this life. We're being persecuted on each side. There's things that are coming across you in college and work and just the world in general. It's just, it seems like it's just caving in. The things are all upon us, especially if you testify of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If you say that you're a child of God, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to get tried. You're going to look that funny. You're going to look at as a peculiar people. But I'm telling you, you're a peculiar people when Jesus decides. And that's all that I care you can call me peculiar all you want because I know he has redeemed a peculiar people forever and evermore. I hope that this morning that we can look unto Jesus. Look to him. Look to him as your author and finisher of faith. Look to him for the things that you stand in need of. I stand in need of. When we have troubles here in the church, we have troubles out here in this world, I'm telling you, this week we need to be praying. We need to look to Jesus to be with us next weekend in our communion. We need to look to Jesus to be with us in our meeting coming up. We need to look to Jesus as we continue on through the rest of the year. Why? Because he can lead us along the way. He can put your hand on your shoulder. He can grab your hand and walk along with you as he did with those on the road to Emmaus when their hearts burned within them. They were looking to Jesus. They didn't even know who was with them. But I'm telling you, Jesus was with them. We may not know which way we're looking sometimes. We may not know which way to look up or down, right or left. But I tell you, when we focus and look upon Jesus, I tell you, good things will happen because he's the author. He's the one who's created in you. He is in you. Christ that dwells in you, who has overcome the world. We have great confidence. We got great hope because Christ is in us. I tell you, by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. That is the gift of God. The gift of faith is a gift of God. It's not something that's taught. It's not something that I can, you know, put lipstick on and make you have this faith. It's not, it's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Thank God for the God-given faith he's given to each of his children that we can go to, that we can cleave to, we can look to here in the days ahead. May God bless you.